so we have follow up, and this follow up comes from we're we're allowed to discuss it on the show if we really want to, but I don't think they want to be named. I don't think he wanted his feedback to be read on the show, right? But the topic more broadly, if we felt if we wanted to discuss it, he's happy for us to discuss. Well, here's the thing, because we've talked about this. We we have talked about this prior to other shows before that they it just wasn't on the show. It just wasn't on the show because, and we we did that because well, it wasn't really it's, a it's not relevant, but also it didn't really kind of have any meaning to the show, mm. and it really didn't go anywhere. Like it had no end result. Yes, we just kind of we talked around in circles and then went okay, let's actually do the show, show now. Yeah, um, and I don't like including stuff that doesn't have an end no, result. No, I'm completely happy that that wasn't included. That makes sense. So the feedback that we got was in regards to like being inclusive by the way that we say things. So, for example, like referring to our audience using male-specific pronouns. I was going to say pronoun. Yeah, I think it's pronoun. I wasn't sure. I was hanging back there going, I don't know if it's pronoun. <laughs> but I, and I mean, this this has some a lot of bearing on me because I, I have the tendency to use the, the phrase you guys a lot. Yeah, like it's, a like, lot. it's like a thing of yours. It's, it's like a specific thing. So I am, I happen I do things like I say, you know, this, 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 you guys. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we could this could be a conversation about semiotics. Maybe that's not the right word. I, I did a double degree at uni arts, computer science. I vaguely remember the the, the fluffy arts stuff. Ooh. But there's something about, you know, like meaning. When you talk to someone, the idea is that you're trying to communicate, you're trying to express an idea. And have that idea understood by who you're talking to, but meaning is is it's not necessarily that you create the meaning and the listener just receives it. You and the listener collaborate to creating the meaning. Exactly. So you use a word thinking that it means entirely one specific thing. You might use the word guys meaning audience members, right? And to some audience members, they hear that and go. That means me. That means an audience member. And to other audience members, they hear that and mean and might say that means the male audience members. Yeah, it's it's. I find language challenging for these reasons that um that it's not just on me as to what what people the meaning find, people find in my words. Right. But at the same time, I think I can think about it a bit more. And it's difficult because it's the sort of thing like some of that language is not conscious. It's it's subconscious. You just mm. you say it because it's said by everybody around you, and you say it because you've said it for however long you've said it for. Yeah. Um. And you don't consciously make the choice most of the time of okay, well, I'm going to say this because you like when you're speaking, you're speaking. You know, when when you talk, it, it, your brain is kind of putting stuff together all the mm. time. Um, which my brain actually has a lot of problem with, <laughs> but you you know you you're putting stuff together all the time subconsciously to form like you know meaning that you're trying the the meaning that you're trying to communicate, and so when you when you you'll say you you will say things that are just going to be uh, to some people offensive because that's just the nature of the world that we live in. I, th- I think it's also good that a question. Like why your subconscious works the way that it does, right? Like what's conditioned? Yeah, and you try to think? and better yourself. Yeah, I reckon. I but I don't oh, yeah. think sometimes people misspeak, and it's obviously not what they meant. And I don't think people should be um 
blamed for that. They can try and work right. on it in the future, but you shouldn't hold it against them for life or anything just because they accidentally said words that, when put together, took a different meaning to what they thought yeah. it would sound like. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think this is kind of an interesting conversation and and certainly relevant. You know, as someone that works in the technology industry, I would like the industry to be more diverse hmm. and to be inclusive for people. From I think all we sorts all agree on that. I think we're 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 all a hundred percent on that. But I think language is only is only the tip of the iceberg. It's, it's such a huge issue, right? But, um, so something else we might talk about in this episode is WWDC. We will probably get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So these issues are sort of related to me. Um, work is not the only thing I do. Uh, I also have a three-year-old, and I spend some of my time looking after him. Um, and this, so it's to me the issue of diversity and inclusive, in, being inclusive, is not just a gender issue. It's not just saying our industry is geared towards more men being included and women being excluded. I think that the kind of um, the norms of the technology industry are geared to a particular person that fits a particular stereotype or mold. Absolutely. And there's not a lot of room for outside of that. So, you know, the norm is that you work full time. The norm is even to the point that you hear, you know, on other podcasts, sometimes you hear even hear sponsor reads talking about you work all night being like this, this uh, myth mythology of a developer who like pulls long hours and slogs it out. And like that, you, you, if yeah, I can't do that anymore. I've got a family. I want to spend some time with my family. Things like WWDC. Uh, when we get around to talk to that, I think I'm going to make the choice not to go this year, and it's a tough choice because I'd love to go, but it's just really hard. Like I, you know, as I said, I don't just work. One of my jobs is to look after a three year old. Um, I can't really ask him for time off. Say, is yeah. it okay? Can I have a few days off to go to a conference? Yeah, uh, you know. Um, and so it's it's sort of like. Yeah, the, the assumption so much of the technology world assumes kind of, you know, someone who's basically sole focus in life is pro- programming. Mm. Um, and unless you fit that mold, then you're not really included in the the culture. You're kind of, you're kind of on the outer. Like it's kind of like all of the yeah. programming yeah, culture we hear yeah. about is, yeah, and I struggle with that. I, I wish that, um, you know, it was actually much more common for people to uh, to mix their technical focus with other things as well, right? Uh, and yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I think just feel like um, this is such a complex issue. It's not just about which what language we use and whether it in- is inclusive or, or genders or you know ethnic backgrounds or things like that. It's it's this um sort of assumptions that the the picture you have in your mind when you think of a, a a developer, you know, like if you have if you surveyed the general populace and said, okay, what do you picture when you think of someone writing code? I think like most people would sort of describe the same sort of thing, and um, I think that's really limiting because chances are, in reality, the people working in this industry are probably much more diverse than that. But I guess all of the kind of assumptions and around it. Also, on the flip side, being a freelance developer, we're probably actually like more able to do that kind of thing, stay at home and look after your family yeah. than a lot of other careers. Yeah, definitely. It can work incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like we still consider it could be better mm. and yet it's worse in other places as well. So yeah, it's probably, and that's, that's probably true. So it's probably not unique to the technology industry. Mm. No, it's definitely not. It's, it's, it's completely 
it's everywhere. And um, this whole, yeah, working yeah. overtime is cool thing. But even to the point that, like, all of the sort of tech events that are held, like hackathons or code fests or they're always on weekends or after hours or a 24-hour thing where their expectation is you're going to work through the night. Right. Yeah, stupid. And, I mean, it's I it's a thing that's that's everywhere, right? It's the 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 fact that if you're if you're somebody who works with computers, yeah, then you probably are up all night, work in a dark room for some reason, yeah. Um, you know, have like inch thick glasses or whatever, and you know, are generally unkempt. Mm. Uh, possibly these days have a really big beard. None of us are bearded. I'm probably the closest because I haven't shaved recently. But I mean, the, the thing is, is that like there's this there's this kind of stereotype that's that's put out there by well, every well film and you know yeah. media and that sort of thing. But then kind of you know even then is you know made even more. Uh, I think we all perpetuated a bit. Like yeah. I, I haven't. That's what I was looking for. I don't really talk much about the fact that I I work part time and I look after my son part time because I worry. To, to, to be frank, I worry how well that we will receive by people. I worry that people yeah. will go, oh, he's not serious about his work. And I kind of feel guilty about that. Like if I if I continue to kind of um, omit that information when I'm talking to people because I'm worried about their reaction, then I'm perpetuating this this culture where the only way you can actually be seriously good is if you're willing to pull the all-nighters and work 50-hour weeks or 100-hour weeks. or Right. I don't think you do. I don't work nights. Don't hire me if that's what you want. And that's pretty I, much like, it. And I have I have completely different you know thing to the both of you. I mean, I still work from home, but I spend I spend as little of my time working on stuff for clients as I possibly can. I work as much on you know things like Gift Wrapped and hmm. this podcast and stuff to try and you know to try and kind of build that yeah. side of, and I think of that, things. That goes oh, yeah, back to Ben's point. That, yeah, that this sort of work can really facilitate the sort of flexible, right, and that's like the sort of thing you can get in an office. Yeah. And it makes it actually working in an office makes that a lot more difficult because you've got to like first of all you've got to do your nine to five, which is you know is also a stereotype that's perpetuated. When I worked in the public service, I started at ten and worked till like six. Yeah. Then and then after you've done that, then you've got to go home and work on anything that like any of your you know your side projects that yeah. you have. And a lot of people have side projects and projects side projects aren't necessarily just code. They might be like painting or um. You know, modeling or gardening. You know, going it, to it the doesn't gym. have to be anything. G- gym. <laughs> I don't go to the gym. What's Neither a gym? <laughs> you just you're you just like <clears throat> muscles. I have it on good authority that Ben apparently does obstacle courses. Very good authority because I showed you photos. Yes, yeah. we've seen photos of that of him. <laughs> I think we should have to put some in the show notes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> uh, no, look, I, I think we need to. Like, I think this is something that's really interesting, and I think this is something that. Is something that we could we we could talk about it at length yeah. at another time. Um, it's it's an issue that I think about a lot, and I think um, maybe I'm blurring the lines. I think there is an issue about gender and being sensitive to the fact that that this is an industry at the moment where women aren't participating as much as men, and I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. And I think we all got to be careful about the language we use, the topics we discuss, to make sure that we kind of can redress that as much as we can. Right, and then maybe separate to that. I personally run into this issue where I worry about diversity and I worry about, I guess, and it's not just this industry, I worry about, um, I would hope that the future of work for the world is one where work is much more flexible and you're able to, so long as you're productive and you find ways, flexible ways of being productive, that that can accommodate a, a greater variety of personal situations. Absolutely. Um, 
Have you seen Sweden? Is it Sweden? Trying out a six-hour work day? No, I haven't seen I that. Like that sounds that. cool. <laughs> it sounds great, but... Does it mean I can sleep? No, I, I, I well, get yeah. to sleep in anyway. Probably would be when you get to sleep in more. <laughs> so what are they doing with six-hour workdays? I need to read the article more. <laughs> but basically, they're trying a six-hour workday because they think eight hours is like just inefficient anyway. So once upon a time, right, people f- like, you know, around the uh, industrial revolution, things like that, there was this idea that automation and, you know, machinery would uh, free people from yeah. having to work so hard. You know, like <laughs> there was people were like manually laboring over all of these tasks that required lots of effort and lots of time. Yeah. And then there was this invention of machines that could like just automatically do things a hundred times faster. It's like, wow, as a result, we'll only have to work one hour a day. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it hasn't turned out that way. It seems like every, uh, well, we've just moved labor saving device ends up just freeing us up to spend as much or if not more effort Right. So the, the thing is, is that we've just we've just moved. We're, instead of instead of being the guy that screws the cap on the toothpaste, we monitor the thing. Now, we now we thing. we either design, build, maintain the machine that does that for us. Yeah. Right. So all it does is just it removes us from doing like that, you know, really basic task, yeah. and turns it into something where we have to maintain the thing, which is how we all have our careers. So I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. I'm not complaining either. I think it. No, of course I think not. work is satisfying and enjoyable, but it kind of. Um, I don't know. I think we've we've ended up having many situations. And I, I guess again, getting back to the um, not wanting to make too many assumptions. Sure, I'm sure there are parts of the world out there where there is not enough work to go around. Where there are people that wish they had more work than there is. But there are certainly sections of the the world where people work ridiculously long hours, and I kind of wonder. Oh, yeah. Australia is one of them. Yeah. Australia's known for its and that's overtime. Why, that's why I really like... Um, so so one of the studios here in Canberra, you guys know who I'm talking about, Ice Lab, um, they have a four-day work week. So they only work from Monday through Thursday. See, I think that's an awesome idea. And they have, they have a three-day weekend, hmm. which is amazing. Like, I, I'm surprised that, A, their clients yeah, can, see, can handle Yeah, see, this is the thing. That. And this is, gets back to, like... Um, expectations yeah like i'd really like to know how they manage those expectations if they're coming up against a really tight time frame for a client they got an important deadline they want met and uh and things are slipping a bit there must be so much um temptation for the clients to say come on can't you just work fridays just this once yeah and that's the thing it's like it is a slippery slope as soon as you decide to do that then it's all of a sudden okay well that that you you start an expectation of that Mm. And it just, and then there goes your, and then goes your four day work week. So mm. I, I don't know how they, how they do that, but maybe we'll have to, uh, maybe we'll have to get Tim on or something and, and have a chat to him about, about mm. that sort of thing. Um, but it, kind of back to what the original feedback was in regards to like our vocabulary, I'm going to be changing that. I'm going to try and adjust that. So to the listener who actually kind of called us out on that, and we, I, I genuinely thank, thank people for, for calling me out on things like that because it, it's the sort of thing like I really want to change my you know my way of dealing with the world so that I am as inclusive as possible because that's how I feel on kind of on the inside so if it, if I'm not communicating that very well then that's a problem with mm. my communication so I want to fix that as much as I can mm. um cool Excellent. so send more call jelly out more <laughs> send me, don't call me I don't <laughs> Please don't call. Jelly's number is zero four. I hate phone calls. That's one of those fake numbers send, from the Send other us day. an email. Yeah. Send us an email. 
So I think that's really helpful feedback, and that's why I decided to, you know, possibly include this on the show. So, um, so that you know, because I think that it's it's worth discussing, um, because it's it's kind of prevalent in our, our industry and you know in our in our culture. So I think it's it's something that needs to be discussed as much as possible. And I mean, to be fair, like we are three white guys sitting <laughs> in a in a room. Yes, we don't have a very good demographic spread, right? Like right. If you're doing market research, yeah, we're so, all in the same is, category. Yeah, same age bracket. And I think this is something that I this is something that I want to like want to address um, by having you know having guests on that that don't fit into that mold. Um, but I don't want to have guests that don't fit into that mold because they're guests that don't fit into that mold. Yeah, I'm not you against know. that. Oh, I think you got to sometimes be well, yeah, proactive if if you want to challenge the status quo and to push the boundaries a bit. Sometimes you have to actually make an effort to do that rather yeah. than just assuming that it will happen. Right, and so of its own accord. And so what I'm what I want to do is have I want to have guests on that don't fit into the you know young white male um, category that have things that are interesting to talk about other than the fact that they are not in that category. And th- th- to be fair, there is a lot of those out there. It's mm. just a matter of finding them. And, and uh, you know, I am, I'm, I'm trying to be proactive about that and I'm trying to find, find people that do fit into that. And hopefully we can do that soon. Mm. So, hi, you listening to Mobile Couch. And Mobile Couch is a show where we talk about development and that sort of thing to do with mobile phones, mobile technology, all that sort of thing. Uh, the show is hosted by Jake McMullen. Hi. And Ben Trengrove. Hello. And myself, Jelly, a.k.a. Daniel Farrelly. And this is episode 29? That's right. It's on my list. <laughs> I should have just looked at my list. This is episode 29. So we have a bunch of follow-up from our last episode, which was all about... Uh, about code style the right way to code or the wrong way to code <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like this is it's it's funny because while we were recording that I'm, the entire time i was thinking oh this is like nobody's going to be interested yeah, in this. this is really boring we have had so much feedback like way more than we normally do uh in I think on that, that shows episode. you everyone has an opinion everybody on has this. an opinion on on code style it seems and so we've got some follow-up um the first bit of follow-up i've got is from from casey Casey Liss from ATP. Name drop? Yeah. <laughs> we, always, we always name drop Casey. Who the, yeah. who the, who the hell is Casey? Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that, Casey. that Casey. Yeah, no. Uh, so he, he wanted to let us know, because we were having trouble figuring out what the name of the of the thing that's not Camel Case is, where it's, uh, yeah, every word is were. capitalized. It's called Pascal Cased. Yep, it is. Yep. He's right. And because uh, it comes Casey. from the Pascal language? I'm guessing. There you go. I'd never actually knew that. Like that is legitimately yeah. something I did not know. Yeah, I've read so, that before. So thanks, Casey. That's all he had. Okay. There was no. There's, that's it. I got one. I mentioned on the show that it's important not to use properties inside your init methods. So instead of using self dot whatever, yes. you should use underscore instance variable name. Right. And I said I couldn't remember why. I found out why thanks to Andy Dryzen who says. Using self.variable in init could cause unexpected code execution if the getter was customized. It yes. also makes testing harder. Yes. So there you, you end go. Up, you end up in a ver- like in an infinite loop of, yeah. of, of things. I actually realized that like while we were while I was editing, I was like, 
oh, I wish I could go back and <laughs> record this bit. You could just insert yourself was, saying, <laughs> saying really intelligent things. I'll just, I'll just insert myself week. over the top of yeah. Ben and it'll be, be like yeah, Ben as is, if you ben is talking. And then it'll, I'll pretend I'm Ben. I'll put on my Ben voice. No, you should just reply to me all the time. Well, Ben, <laughs> the correct answer is to sequence the genes in the... <laughs> so some other, some other feedback that we got was in regards to uh, code folding. We didn't talk about code folding. No, we but didn't. Code, code folding is another thing. So um, Adam Swindon, from who does who maintains the website iOS Dev Tools, I don't know if you've yep. heard of that. I think we've talked about it before. Um, he said that he uses, so he has his uh, his like if statements and stuff like that on on a separate line to his uh, opening braces. The thing that I said brace. that I don't like to do. Yeah, um, and I also don't like to do it. He does that so that he can code fold. That makes perfect sense. Right. Um, so you can, and then you could fold and unfold half of your conditional without having to do it all. Right. right. So and your so else clause could be folded up. And I, your, I don't actually use code folding ever. I used to use it Is all it the time in Eclipse. I like whenever yep. when I was doing Java I development you, in I Eclipse, code folding was okay. like my like I loved it. Yeah, I used to do it when I was a .NET guy. I had like all the, the keyboard commands set up, photo, fold all, and it just gives you like thing that I tend to use in Xcode instead. Is uh, Control Six? Yeah, me too. So to show, basically, I open up a class and I want to see an overview of what it is in right. Java and Eclipse. I used to just fold it all, so you just see the method definitions and then unfold yeah. the bit I want to start working on. Whereas uh, I don't know why I don't do that. Maybe I should start using. Perhaps the, the reason that I don't use it is because coming from PHP, because PHP is the first language that I ever learned. When I learned it, it wasn't really an object-oriented language. And it was kind of intermingled that with got, HTML. That got bolted on. And yeah, it's all intermingled. And so there was not a lot of... So the code was not like nice and neatly yeah, separated yeah. into like methods. It was kind of just all... Like it was procedural and it just yeah. was one big page of code. And so code folding is arguably not very useful in that, in that instance. Speaking of code folding, something we didn't, we didn't even touch on in our style... Uh, topic discussion was uh, the way in which you order methods in your classes. Oh, true. Because that kind of relates to code folding from it. Like it's all about navigating your class and being able to go quickly, see what's there, find and something. Yeah, you're I don't think for. I can make up my mind on what's the best way to I do it. I struggle so much. I, I try agree. to group mine functionally so that, like, you know, things that do, like, have to do with a specific but what about, task within that. Do you always keep your inits in the first thing? Yes. Yeah. They're in always it's, in it's always first. What about Dialic? Because that one that I've goes. Seen. I don't usually use. Dialic. So I'd say you had. You to. don't typically yeah. use it, but I you it usually sits alongside my use like, it if you did load stuff like it comes underneath. Okay. That. Yeah. Interesting. I use it for KVO. Is that what you? Yeah, and I used to do in it first, Dialic last. Yeah, that's and what I did. And then I went. Then I swapped to doing. I think what Jelly's saying that I have um in it first, and then the view. Life cycle stuff. So yep. if you did load, view will appear. View did appear. Yep. View did unload, disappear. All of that stuff. Then dialic, and then the custom stuff I've written in the class. So I'd like have the, yeah. the top part of all of my view controllers kind of have the in it view controller life cycle dialic. Then all the other. That's stuff. what I try to stick to. The one that I still haven't made up my mind about is I definitely group like delegate stuff together. But I can't figure out whether, say, I've got a method that I've written that sort of is used by the delegate. Do I put it in the section with the delegate or do I put it in the section I've made for my other methods? Like I normally have a section for these are my methods that aren't, you know, these are just my methods. Yeah. They're not delegates. They're not in its. 
and some of them are heavily related to the delegate and I still haven't made up my mind. I keep changing where I, whether I put them next to the delegate call or methods that are see, using it or if I put them in that section with all my other custom methods. Yeah. Yeah, see, I use, I, my, my layout is usually something along the lines of um, things that, cr- methods that create instances, so like init or I might use like, that it might have my static. singleton kind of methods and yep. stuff. So it'll be grouped. Um, then I'll have like my view did load stuff and things like view did appear and view did that and view will do this and blah, 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 blah. And dialloc usually goes at the bottom of that mm. because usually what I'm doing is I'm creating like I using notification. If I'm using notifications, notifications yeah. will be dialloced. Um, and then I'll have any, uh, anything else pretty much goes between that. And then um, things to do with delegate methods will go right at the bottom. Yeah. That's oh, me right. too. Yeah. Delegates and you guys, so they'll be grouped per delegate. Yeah, same. Yeah. And you group using Pragma. Yep. Mark. Yeah, yeah, Pragma same. Mark. Yep. And uh, you know, there's a little dash to make them and I tend to, I tend to. The dash group. puts the line in control six. That's why I use the yeah. dash. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I tend to group delegates and then also have a group for private methods. So methods that are like you, like you, like you. Oh, I have that group, but I put it above delegates. Yeah. See, it floats around for me. I did from file to file. I don't know. And then half the time I'm rushing to get work yes, done that's what, and i've just got to write some code and i'm like oh, i'm just gonna stick this here and call it and yeah yeah because i've because i've got no sort of hard and fast like this is the way i always lay it out i kind of let myself get away with that whereas yeah. i kind of wish i had a like a nice what i'm trying structure. to do see i i tried it like i have that rule of how i lay things out with delegate stuff right at the bottom and the yeah. initialization stuff right at the top and stuff like that and and so i will stick to that regardless of you know, and so I'll just, you know, I'll just be scrolling forever because I don't code file. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Control six. It'll save your life. That's the best one. Control six and start typing whatever you want to jump to. Mm. So the last bit of feedback we got was in regards to Eclipse, which we mentioned um, last week. So Eclipse has a feature apparently to ignore white space differences. Mm. So people using cool. tabs and people using nice spaces. Um, so this feature, this, this feedback comes from, from B Grinter on, on Twitter who, uh, who let us know that. I, I think that's actually interesting because Eclipse, I think he, he mentions that Eclipse gets slagged a bit, which I, yeah, I think it does. Yeah, it does. But I don't I think, I think there's kind of, it's one of those things where it suffers a bit from what I'm going to call word syndrome because, um, it, it has, it has a lot of features, but it also like the question is whether or not some of those features are kind of bloat as opposed right. to actually yeah. useful. Yeah, that's. I think that's fair. One of the things I like about Eclipse as a platform is that it's designed to be modular and extensible. Right. So whilst it can bloat, one of the ideas behind it is that there's like defined extension points, and you get the the basic Eclipse platform, and then you can add right the bits you want to add to suit your needs mm-hmm. um, and I kind of wish Xcode had a little bit more of that like I don't think there's any official support in Xcode for plugins is there, there is no, no so people have done it and there are plugin people managers backwards uh, sorry reverse engineering yeah That's it'd awesome. be kind of nice if that was like a thing right that there was at least a few points where it's like well this is intended to be an extension yeah, point I think right. everyone wants that. that yeah a lot of people want that and there are ideas out there that that do provide that yeah. as well like and not, not just Eclipse yeah um, Eclipse is kind of well known for that, but it's well, also so well I think known Eclipse for the fact like, that it's kind of a bit bloaty. Yeah, I think Eclipse is like even even positioned as a platform that you could use not as an IDE, but for something else, right? It's like intended right. to be a extensible platform for 
Yes. General purpose kind of document editing computing task. That gets me a little bit that suspicious. That sounds like bloat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where, and I mean, and I mean, this is part of you know creating apps. You you do one task really well, right? Yeah. And Eclipse doesn't really fit into that. They try to do everything, everything, or be flexible enough to allow other people to do everything with it. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I I think that's possibly part of the reason why I don't like it. The other part is that it's open source software. Open source software is always ugly as heck, and uh, I can't right. handle so that. If if you're interested in using Eclipse, um, there's a plugin called MacClips. <laughs> Make I don't know if you should do it. Like it's so caveat here. It's been years since I've used Eclipse right. on the Mac, but MacClips was um, by a guy called Mike Scrag. Shrag, Shrag. I've never known how to pronounce his name. Sorry, Mike. I bet you're probably not listening. He's probably at Woe Woe DC this week. Hi to everyone at Woe Woe DC. Kicks <laughs> off this week. Is that this week? In Montreal. We should start. Montreal. We should yep. start a Web Objects podcast. <laughs> we, we'd have five listeners. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Anyway. One of them would be Jake. <laughs> Mike, uh, awesome developer, uh, wrote all of the uh, Eclipse plugins to make doing Web Objects within Eclipse nice. But he also happened to do, I think, one called MacLips, which made it look awesome on a Mac. Like, made it actually look almost like it belonged. Is it pronounced? Is it is it written MacLips? L I P S, as in? I think it like take the word Mac-lips. Eclipse and take the E off and put a Mac in front. Oh right, okay, yeah, fine. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of of a Mac with big lips on it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I I don't know. I I just always have having dealt with with eclipse in the past have never enjoyed doing it and it's always been way more than i've ever needed very much like word like i using i don't ever use word actually i don't even have it installed anymore because i don't i don't ever need it like 90% of the time i just use like a vim. text editor with i i hate vim <laughs> i use I nano I prefer Nano. I I no, always because I always forget the, the I always forget the, the <laughs> commands. Anyway, I'm probably going to get email about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I just use like Markdown usually, like and in a text editor, I use like you know chocolate or something to type in Markdown and just use that. And if I need to format that, because mm. I hate hate word hate I hate feature bloat. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing. Have you tried yes. LaTeX? It's like programming for Word. It's awesome. Not- it's 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 actually what I just described. I thought it was called LaTeX. No way. It's actually called LaTeX, is it? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's spelt LaTeX, L-A-T-E-X. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was pronounced LaTeX. Cool, but yeah, maybe, we'll go with that. I'm, it sounds pro. Maybe I'm just pronouncing it like the very... Um, that sounds fancy. The yeah. posh way. Yeah. Like Tajay. Oh, that reminds me. Interesting fact of the day. Moe, the champagne, actually is meant to be pronounced Moet. Moet. Yeah. But it's which so is how, like... Which is how... It sounds so bogus. What about that, a piece of steak? Is it a fillet or a fillet? It's a fillet. I think technically it might be fillet. You fillet. You, you, there is such but a thing as fillet right? So if you're saying the French fillet mignon or whatever. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's fillet. That's what I thought. I'm, I'm going to go with fillet. I thought I, I heard someone call it a Ben's, fillet once. Ben's book and pronunciation show. Yeah, here we show. go again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's it. I think that's all I've got. Did you... Yeah, Arby sent in the reason for a new line at the end of a file. That's right, he did. I forgot about that. It's I didn't just write um, the notes. if you don't do that when you catch something in the terminal, yep. the um, 
terminal prompt doesn't go to a new line, so it'll print out your file and then your prompt will be Do you on know the what the solution end. to that is, though? Fix the term of the behavior of cat in the terminal. <laughs> Don't make me put a new line at the end of every uh, file just for that program. This is going to be like chicken in the egg again. Yeah. Actually, I looked I looked at the GitHub, at Hub API, the GitHub GUI the other day. The GitHub for Mac is what it's technically called. It is called, called that, yes. Uh, I use it all the time. I use it all the time. It has the little error thing like i said it does it has a little like a little enter mark and then a, like a in red and then like a little cross out circle you know like you get on like do you know you're waving signs. your finger around i do know i'm waving my finger around it's got like a little crossed out circle like you see on like non-smoking signs or don't skateboard here signs yeah and um it, like it just shows that it doesn't actually like you why can't you like click that so it makes the new line for you without having to that would be kind of useful but it Mm. doesn't and you know what it's just started doing which is driving me nuts it shows me a warning if i use too many characters in the description of the commit hates me i hate that i just use terminal i don't have any of these problems i i like seeing github the the github for mac ui is really is really good for being able to kind of go through and separate yeah, fair enough. Stuff because you can kind of just select the lines that you want. Yeah, definitely. It's and I you do can use, do that in the terminal. It's I, bloody hard. I, I do. I I use the terminal for a bunch of other things like stashing and. Hang on, I'm not sure I understand like what that. you mean by separate things. This is selective so commit. Got, so you've got six a select, bunch of. So let's say you changes. have a file and you've got all your changes. You can in the same you can file. actually select the lines that you want to check in. Commit. Sorry. You can select the files, the, the lines that you want to commit, yeah, and then it'll only commit those lines. So if you have it's a, dangerous a file game. with, with yeah. you know, some lines that you want to check commit and some lines you, you want to leave for another commit, yeah, then you can select those lines, and it will only commit those lines when you, you know, do the commit, and then yeah. you can it'll nice just. Can you do um, groups of files? So say you've got ten files with modifications that are uncommitted, and you want to group two of them into one commit three of them into another commit. Yeah, and yeah, leave yeah. you the just others. uncheck the boxes next to them. Next to the you mean in the terminal? Can you do that? No, no, in well, either. Oh, I definitely can yeah, do yeah, it definitely. in the terminal. Uh, but can you um, can you like keep files Save. grouped together without committing them? Like other than, so this is a feature I used in Perforce when I used to use Perforce, which I really liked, which is Perforce had this concept of change lists and any changes you made, that were non-committed. Were, it would only part commit of a those files list. all the time. Yeah, so basically you wouldn't have this list of untracked changes. All of your changes would be tracked somewhere in a change list and you could have multiple change lists on the go. So if you're in the middle of doing something, right, and you've got like three or four files uh, with changes in them and then someone comes up and says, there's this pressing bug we need you to fix, you could just save all of that stuff in a change list, a name uh, one. Yes, like stash. M- minor. Yeah, but so stash lets you do once, right? You can have a single stash. Like you, you stash mul- a thing. I think you, you can, can have multiple, have multiple stashes. stashes. All right. I you don't just, do it much. You, but... you, you stash stuff and then you pop stashes back in. Yeah, but you it's literally like a stack, stash right? pop. Yeah, so, so it's then a you, stack. You pop the latest stash. But what if you I don't think? want to put, like, what if you want, like, oh, you can, four, I think you can you specify want... the, the stash that you want to reapply. So when I saw the word pop, I'm like, this is a stack. And I. Pop just gets me the have last a look thing at the documentation for the... stash. You and could also um, it will it will tell you. There's, have there's you a committed few them yet? The changes that you want to roll back. It's not it... a, it's not about rolling back. It's about like I want to leave my yeah, code cause... in a known state and have like I'm halfway through doing some changes and I want yeah. to park them somewhere. Yeah, so that stash. my code goes back to the state it was in before I change. You stash. Yeah. 
Because you could branch as well if it was super complex. And then you pop the stash back on and it will reapply everything to the changed code. So you can apply your other changes, commit those, and then reapply your stash with stash pop. Or I think you can use stash and then the stash ID and it will do that specific stash. I didn't realize you could have more than one. Take a look at the documentation. We'll include it in the show notes. Thank you. I will read it. The entire Git documentation. No, we'll, I'll find the one. Oh, for, I'll, oh, I'll find something for Gat for the stash, and include that. Thank you. So, um, while we're talking follow up, I don't know if I'm allowed to keep following up with myself about iBeacons. Yeah, let's but do I'm it. going to. Why not? Um, I've, I've decided to set up an iBeacon lab where I'm going to get an iBeacon from every manufacturer I can find <laughs> and test them all. Right. Um. Because having used a few in in the field, I feel like a beacon pro now. Um, <laughs> you are a beacon pro. I've noticed that there is there's a lot of kind of fine tuning, right? There's a lot of the experience of using an app that works with beacons that's based on how much the signals fluctuate and whether they fluctuate, and when you can detect them, and when you stop detecting them, and things like that. How fast they transmit, or like yeah. And I don't know how much of that is just consistent across all beacon manufacturers out there or how much of that is going to vary from beacon hardware to beacon hardware mm. so i've decided to get myself some examples and i've so far i've got um the enso locate beacons we discussed previously yep uh i've got some blue cat beacons i've got some qualcomm gimbal beacons i've got some stick and find beacons and i've got some nomi beacons uh I think that's it. I don't think how I've many got... oh, total no, beacons. Sorry. I have one more coming, which is a um it, I think it was Casey, that guy again. <laughs> sorry, Casey, <laughs> I'm gonna stop doing it. Uh he, who sent us a link, um sent me a link to a uh and I've forgotten the name because this one hasn't arrived yet. Um but it's actually a little USB one, USB power oh, nice. beacon thing. It's tiny, tiny, tiny. Like it's like a little... And it gets its power from USB. And it gets its power from USB. And nice. I'm interested in that because I've got p- potential applications for beacons where the client is worried about having to remember to change batteries. Mm. So if you could actually just have, if you've got power outlets available you and could. you could just get a USB power adapter and plug the beacon in. You can get USB power outlets now. Don't you there know you that? Go. So, you know, have your beacons hardwired, never worry about having to change them. Mm, nice. So I've got all of those. I haven't done much testing yet. And one other little bit of follow-up on this topic. I think last episode I was complaining that there was no nice way to be notified in the background as you approached a region which was quite close yep. to the beacon. Right. You were talking about how you wanted to be able to detect when you get near to something as opposed to when you get, you know, just within, in the, range. The, within the range. Yeah. And previously someone had said, why don't you just change the power on your beacon? And I hadn't had any beacon hardware, which, which would let me do that. So yep. I thought, oh, well, that's just a theoretical thing. Apparently there is beacon hardware that lets you do that. Right. Um, the stick and finds I've been playing with are one such uh, beacon. They come with an SDK, which then lets you set. They're also the- insanely small. They are. That, they are. Those, those they are make the, beeping noises yes. and little flashing lights. It's crazy. And the Qualcomm gimbals are about the same size. They're really, really tiny. Um, but yeah, so at least there's at least a few beacons where you can set the power. And if you set the power, the signal will only extend for a short distance. So you right. can then use the existing did enter region. I really want to know how many you can put in the same room for it. <laughs> can you like fill actual, the entire room? Well, like how many can you put in an enclosed space before... You start to get problems. Like interference between like the 10, different Like 100,000, more how, than you could physically fit in the room. How big is your room? Yeah, you know, but 
Yeah. yeah. So, so think... please get enough beacons to find that out for me. <laughs> I, might, I might be on track to doing I that. know. That's why I'm excited. <laughs> we'll find a really small room yeah. to start off with. And Where w- their signal starts to interfere with each other and that, yeah. that sort of thing, yeah. The other thing that I'm finding really interesting in this is that it's not just hardware, right? Every single, almost without fail, every single beacon I've received to date comes with like a beacon management system, like a web-based thing where you can log in and set some details and monitor things. And so it's really interesting. I'm going to find it interesting reviewing those as well to see what features are offered by different beacon providers so what can we expect from this are you going to like provide us with a review of your favorite beacon manufacturers yeah, look, I, I, it depends how much time i can i can find <laughs> blog for this, post to this job but i plan on on my blog at least publishing a summary of of some of this but maybe even a review of each beacon and then like a comparison of which ones have which features and uh, someone suggested perhaps doing a teardown pulling the beacons apart seeing i really how, want to see the inside made. of a stick and find um, yeah, knows, do it. Go who for knows it. How many NDAs that will uh, breach? But make it make it happen. I say. Yeah, but yeah, are NDAs really enforceable? Probably yes. <laughs> Laura, do you, advice do from you ben. feel that? <laughs> do, you, do you want to find out? That is your know, is your know, suing is kind of comes along with yeah. enforcing that? Maybe I should be the like tester. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the outside of that of that one. That's that's all. So that, that's all the follow up. All right. So I think we can. Uh, so I think I think that it's important that we talk about um, that we talk about Dub Dub, WWDC, yeah. for those who don't know what Dub Dub is. What's WWDC? WWDC stands for Worldwide Developers Conference. That's right. It's Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference. Well, yes, but they don't call it a WWDC. No. It's, it's already hard enough to say. Not really worldwide either. It's not so really worldwide. It's, in the same spot. it's, in, oh, it's, it's not. <laughs> and getting back to our conversation about we're going um, to pull down the words right now <laughs> about inclusivity. I just like to say, if Apple was really interested in the rest of the world, perhaps they would hold their worldwide developer conference somewhere other than California. So this is actually something that's been ATP this week discussed some some stuff to do with Dub Dub, but none of them said the things I want to no, say. No, that's about fine. WWDC. That's fair. And but they did t- they did talk about things. Like for instance, ticketing and uh, and possible you know ways to change up Dub Dub to try and uh, and alleviate some of the problems that it has. Um, so what what are your thoughts on that? So I don't think it's just about WWDC. I think the problem is that there are lots of people who are interested in learning more about right. these platforms, and currently there are yep. limited ways to learn more about the platforms. Right. Well, there's very limited ways that you can basically either go to WWW if if you happen to have that kind of cash. Uh, you can attend one of the tech talks that they have at other times in the year. Um, or you can watch the videos that are available from yeah. WWW. Um, or you can read documentation until you feel that you know enough about it and hope Kind of fingers crossed that you uh, that that documentation is actually correct. I mean, to be fair, th- <laughs> there are heaps of other ways. So, like, you could yeah. go to a, any one of these other third party conferences, right. Swipe Conference, for example. Speaking Isn't it of called which, Yao this year, yeah. So it's been announced this year. Swipe is partnering with Yao Conference. Uh, I should know the dates off the top of my head, but I don't. <laughs> we'll put them in the show notes. It's in September in yeah. Melbourne. I think it's the start of September. Yeah, start of September in Melbourne. Um, it's a conference that will be focused on mobile and the Internet of Things. So looking at 
mobile devices and connected devices. Are you going to be there talking about beacons? Maybe, certainly. I'm interested in it. I'm part of the organizing committee. So Swipe is partnering with Yao, and we're going to be involved in mainly the iOS track. So there'll be yep. an iOS track, an Android track, and a Internet of Things track. Um, I'm kind of interested in all of those bits. Um, but yes, that wasn't the main focus of this. Uh, so that there is there are third-party conferences. There are, there are heaps. Conferences. Um, be, and that's come about because there is an unmet demand. There are right. people that are interested in learning about it, and Apple wasn't providing the content to meet that demand. But Some of the problem that I find with that, though, and I think we've discussed this before, Ben, when we when we did a follow up on um on one more thing. Last, I prefer to forget that episode after I speak of NDAs. That episode never happened. <laughs> so one of the things that we I think we mentioned there was that one of the kind of fallbacks was that we we were having a, we were at an iOS developer conference. And there was no representative of Apple there, at least not made known. Right. Oh, uh, that one. there was. Sorry, there was. However, I was talking about the one after the last WWDC. Oh, well, I'm talking about one more thing. I said one more thing. Okay, yeah, cool. Okay, anyway. anyway, so the the one more thing. Um, there was a there was a Microsoft representative there for Windows Azure. Mm. Azure. So, so Apple don't uh, speak Azure. at events other than the events they run. Right. And this is this is a concrete change that they could really easily make. The Apple's Apple's speakers could attend other conferences uh, right. and present the content that's available at WWDC in other contexts. They could go to NS Conference. They could go to sure. Yule Conference. They could go to Swipe. They could go to one more thing. They could go to any of these third-party conferences Absolutely. and just send one or two people and contribute some content. And it doesn't even need to be like that they get up on stage. Um, they don't even need to be like experts about the particular Although content that they're nice. Sure, but uh, like it doesn't have to be that, and they don't need to be like the guys that are working on whatever topic that they're talking about. Just have somebody there that knows a little bit about it at least, or could can kind of point you in the right direction yeah. at least. Like it's not about it's not necessarily about okay, well everybody that goes to this conference is now going to be an expert in iBeacon iBeacons. Yeah. yeah, um, not ever like you know because that that's not like you're not ever going to be able to disperse that much information anyway, and that's why at the end of Dub Dub talks they have right. the details to contact. The so people. I think I think part of the problem with WWDC is that people that the, there's a the the general problem is people want to learn stuff, and there are fewer opportunities to learn stuff than 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 people want. Some of the opportunities are unique to WWDC and would be really challenging. So, for example, the opportunity to talk to someone who actually works on a particular framework right. in the lab and sit down with them and nut out an issue is hard because yep. that person, when they're not at WWDC, needs to be working, working on, the, on thing the thing that they're actually supposed to be working on. But there's also a whole heap of other stuff that happens at WWDC that would be more easy, more easily able to be delivered elsewhere sure. at other times and in other places. And... Perhaps, you know, Apple could look at doing things like, so having, you know, for example, a lot of, there's not much discussion happening about whether they could have more tickets. Why why, not, why couldn't they have double the number of tickets? And yeah, I said that last year, why not get a bigger venue? So so the, the retort I hear is, oh, because it would be so hard, it would be hard to get that one-on-one -on -one time. I'm like, okay, sure. So the one-on-one -on -one time in the labs is going to be hard to scale, but the just sit down and, and receive slide be, content be in the in you the know actual listen to the talk yeah uh you could scale that really you could double that without much hassle 
Right. Um, you just need a bigger room. This right. Is, yeah. And, and then you look year. at some other strategy to maximize the one-on-one time. Like maybe you have some way of making a booking system for particular engineers one-on-one time, or you make some of that time available outside the one week of a year that WWDC is happening. For example, maybe you could log a bug about an issue and actually get a response from the engineer who works on it. Maybe they could email you, give you a call or you know, obviously sure. they can't do this for every single developer all the time. No, but if it's if it's something to do with like for instance a bug and you log a radar for it, then sure surely they could, you know, you you could have some feedback there. Like I I think the problem is is that it's a it, we don't have enough kind of interaction with anybody. Yeah, there's there's one opportunity to have that interaction. Right. It's five it, days yeah. in San Francisco once a year for the few lucky people who... Uh, so, again, US-centric, like going back to an earlier conversation about inclusivity, uh, this makes it really hard for people that don't live in the US to get there. Like right. The difference between traveling on a domestic flight from one part of the US to another and staying in hotels is huge compared to traveling internationally. Yeah, uh, and, and this is the, like this is a typical problem for Australia, right? Because Australia is out in the middle, of, and not to you know kind of kind of be like oh, it's not fair, but you know Australia is lit- legitimately cut off from everybody because it's out Except in the middle New of Zealand. an ocean. Right? <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Let's go to New yeah, Zealand. We're quite close. We're quite close to the rest of Asia. I mean, well, but yeah, sure. Like that, to, you know, to some of Asia, but like to go to like for instance, even Europe. Mm. Yeah. Would Europe's be harder is, than is America. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's legitimately like a good twenty-four to thirty-six hours to fly. You know, so anywhere. they could do three events: one in Europe, one in Asia, one in yeah, North I America, reckon... and and that would cover more of. It would be more worldwide than having North America every year. And I don't think it has to be in Australia. I think it's probably better no, place than Singapore or Hong Kong. Yeah. And then we can fly yeah, that's, there, that's, but that's yeah. still more accessible. So I think I think that there's stuff that Apple could do to make the expertise accessible to more people more often so that there was less pent-up demand for that one week of a year that's in San Francisco um, and it would make a real difference. Mm. Um, I think that it's a little bit of like I, I, where I have friends at Apple, I you know get along well with people at Apple, but I think there's a bit of cult- corporate arrogance around the idea of we've always done it this way, this is just the way we do it. If you, if you want to know this stuff, come to us, you know, Good luck. See if you can get there. See if you can organize things. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of. I I think part of it is like when you're a developer, you you were legitimately on your own. Like, um, as far as Apple is concerned, I mean, Apple obviously has some uh, some stake in you succeeding. You get um, two tech requests a year. Yeah, you get to, you get your tech requests, but <laughs> like, uh, and you can pay for more if you really if you're really keen yeah. or, or desperately need them. Um, but in in many ways, you you are very much on your own, and regardless of whether that's the way that Apple feels or not, that is legitimately how it is. Which is a part of the reason why the community at large, like outside of Apple and all these extra conferences and stuff like that, are so ridiculously important because this is the only way that we get our information. The thing that I found really interesting is that um, it doesn't feel much like Apple participate in the development community beyond. The, the curated events that they put on, like the right. Tech Talks and WWDC. So you mentioned Microsoft previously. Um, and again, I think we've discussed this in the past. Microsoft, I guess, are in a different position where they're trying to... Convince us convince to develop. Us. <laughs> right. But, you know, yep. e- even historically, um, and Go- Google are, are probably similar, that their um, 
you know, developer support uh, representatives, I don't know what they're called, uh, will participate, will attend conferences that are that are hosted by other organizations, will present at other co- conferences hosted by other organizations, right. will yeah. write on their own personal blogs, will, you know, contribute to open source projects. Um, you know, Apple does a little bit of that, like WebKit, and, you know, it just feels a little bit more controlled and, um, yeah, it feels like there is this, thriving community of developers outside of the outside walls. of the yeah. walls and yeah. then there's the, the the kind of and then once a year we get into we the get, walls yeah we get into the inner sanctum like, once a year <laughs> if you get a golden ticket yeah golden right. ticket. So, <laughs> and, and it's very it's very charlie and the chocolate factory isn't it, it really really is um speaking of which i have a golden ticket <laughs> I, I hate you so much <laughs> but um i don't think I'll be attending. I hate you. Even. <laughs> you really want to be serious? So I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to hand back my golden ticket. Um, Actually, that's that's something interesting because I know I didn't get a ticket. I know Ben didn't get a I ticket. Didn't get a ticket. And the this the annoying thing is we had both booked flights. Oh, uh, mine were fully refundable. His his were refundable. Mine, mine are a little bit more of a more of a uh, up, I'm up sorry. and down type I'm thing. sorry. Um, like, oh, it's just not fair. I know. I'd feel guilty. So before we get into like. That like too much into that. How do you feel about the lottery system for for starters? Yeah, I'd like to talk about that as well. Because I, I mean, I've I've dealt with like various different ticketing systems before, right? Um, one of the biggest that I've ever had experience with is is San Diego Comic Con, mm-hmm. um, which uh, there is a possibility that a lot of people in our potential audience have have had dealt with that before as well. San Diego Comic Con is the international Comic Con. Um, it's considered to be the worldwide Comic Con. Yeah, there you go. Um, so the, that's where that's where it's the biggest convention where a lot of like TV stars, movie stars, Marvel presents every there every year. Disney presents there pretty much every year. Um, although there's you know, anyway, that's not that's beside the point. Um, their ticketing system um, is, I think, a step above Apple's, although it has had its issues in the past. It is a much larger event. Typically, there are thousands more people there. In fact, it's probably a little bit overcrowded, um, which is part of the... They, so they also WWDC. They so also need a bigger re- well, venue. Just before like I interrupt, sorry, yeah. but when we talk about ticketing systems, and I yeah. heard the discussion on ATP about it as well, yeah. Um, Rock concerts, right? Yeah. Like, how many people would go to a? Who are those? Those young people that everyone. <laughs> one Direction, the Justin one, Bieber, is it right? One, one Direction or a Justin Bieber conference? Yeah, how many? Right. How many would be in the audience? Like fifty thousand, right? And how many people would want to be in the audience? Like multiples of that. See, I'm not sure the that tickets that's go necessarily on sale true. Like, because those those things happen Sorry, the, all around the place. There, like they are tour. More, there are more Bieber fans than there are. No, I, I know that. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. Like, but those like artists like that go on tour. So if you don't get to go to you know the one in Sydney, you get to go to the one in Melbourne. They never come to Canberra. Yeah, you can you can kind <laughs> of adjust. You can adjust your yeah. You, you can adjust your schedule, and in like in, in the states, I mean, for instance, they they travel for in every like ten meters. They're having a concert, but you're right, they do sell out. Ha- but they do sell house out. is coming to Canberra. What's his name? He's not a house. He's not uh, clearly not house because he's. You mean the actor that plays house? Yeah, Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. He's he's in a band. He's bringing his band to Canberra. Oh, that's cool. He's, they got a gig. He's kind of. Cool. I feel bad for seeing the bad ones come to Canberra. Now. <laughs> no, exactly. It's good. <laughs> so San Diego Comic Con, the way that they do their tickets, is that they have they have a very similar thing to what 
um, Dub Dub has had in the past, where you kind of have to, it's basically first come, first served. Yeah. Um, but they do a number of things that I think is kind of improves that process. For instance, for starters, they pre-announce that their sales by like, you know, weeks as opposed to, you know, last year they did it 24 hours and previous to that, they yeah. never actually announced it at all. Yeah. Um, they also split their, they also split their ticket sales into two types. Yeah, so I've first of all, Apple if you've that. previously been to Comic-Con, you have the opportunity to buy a ticket before gen- like everybody else does. Oh right, like you get a you get preference. Thank you for being a loyal. Ah. Yeah, attendee. so but that basically means that you can again. continually go if you if you feel the See, need. I don't know to. if that's good or not. Yeah, that's not that, necess- be. that that that, that doesn't necess- that's not necessarily something that I would apply to dub dub, but it is something that like splitting the ticket systems like that is actually really good. Maybe keynote sessions and labs because you get so many stupid business people Buying a conference That's a great ticket. idea. Have separate tickets for the labs. You and can then buy you a could... ticket that takes you to all of them if you want. Right. But, but you could like limit the tickets to the labs. So have 5,000 lab tickets and have 20,000 session tickets. And make the and... keynote in a bigger spot for a start. Maybe yeah. the keynote doesn't have to be in Moscone. Is it West? That yeah. small top room, Presidio. Put that in a big room because a lot of people are buying tickets just to go to that. A lot of business people are buying tickets just to go to the beer bash because they're like, I need employees, I need whatever. Yeah, they want to be on a network, be there. Yeah, and people. then people like legitimate developers are missing out on going to the stuff that we need to go to, which is sessions and labs. Yeah. So the other thing that San Diego does, idea. That they, mm. they have day tickets as opposed to just full full week tickets. So they have the full event tickets, so it's like four days plus... They, they have four days plus preview night. They have yeah. four days without preview night. They have then they have each day. I think that would be more. Ch- I, I like the Ben's breakdown of keynote labs and sessions hmm. because that addresses the different needs from those different groups. Sure, but I think having day passes would be challenging because you don't know the schedule until after. Yeah, the right. after which the is so, like they they actually pre-announce the schedule. Yeah. So and they, Apple are never going to do that because they yeah. want to be able to use the keynote as an opportunity to unveil their secret secret squirrel right. new features. Yeah. Um, I watch. Which was so that would be more difficult. So Apple you'd TV have to SDK. do that sort of. You'd have to have that sort of thing. State of the union's better. Um, that's what I reckon. And so the actual ticketing system then, right, is also set up so that you have. Now it's set up so that you have a waiting room because they've had the same sort of issues where that it crashed while people are trying to access it. So now they have a waiting waiting room system. So what happens is you open up the, you open up your browser and go to the URL that they send you for mm. like getting the tickets. Um, you enter your little code that you get so that you can actually get into the system. Um, and then you just, you, you immediately go into a waiting room, which is basically just nothing. Like you just sit there and wait. Yeah. And then um, they trickle exactly people like, through to payment, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And so then over the, over the mm. course of the time, they just let, let people in to buy the tickets, let people in to buy the tickets. Because payment's what generally crashes for people. Yeah. Because that's the most difficult part of the system. And being in the waiting room, does that guarantee you a ticket? It doesn't necessarily guarantee you a ticket, but it's it's because it's still first come first served. Right. So being in the waiting room just means that you're in the queue, and so you're going to be the one thousandth person to be able to have the opportunity to buy tickets. Yeah. Um, but if you get there sooner, you could you're either the one thousandth person or you're the you know the ten thousandth person, and so if you uh, the earlier you're there, the more likely you are to get the ticket. I wonder how they handle. Because obviously they need more than one server to handle this much load. I wonder how they handle people getting there at literally the exact same time on different servers. I don't know. It'll it come down to the server, yeah. like the, the load 
there's um, a thesis load balancer in there. and stuff like that. I think it'd be it'd be some interesting challenges, but they're not unique. Like there are other conferences with big or events. Yeah, definitely, absolutely, big sporting events where tickets are in higher demand and sell really quickly. I think that, like to me, again, there are some other broader issues than ticket sales. Like, I guess this is just coming from my own little personal gripes. Is that one of the things I'm I find challenging and and why I probably am going to give my golden ticket back, um, is that it's hard to organize your my life such that I can go unless I can plan well in ahead and and yeah, right and we, we can kind of guess a problem right. for us. Yeah, it's a problem if you've got to travel a long way. It's a problem if, like me, you've got family commit. Like you know, who's who's going to look after my boy if I'm right. not looking after him? Um, you know, th- things like if you've got to organize, definitely, yeah. You know, and even work. Like when it, when in previous years where my employer has paid for my ticket, uh, some in some workplaces, uh, you can go to your man- line manager that day and say, I want to go, and they've got a credit card and they can book it. Uh, others, they need to put in like a procurement like you've got to put in a professional development proposal that's got to go to your manager's manager and be signed off and Mm. is it in plan with and the time from announcing the dates of the conference to it being sold out right has like is only what a week a week this year and last year it was about that seconds no no because they they pre-announced the date that tickets would be available they pre-announced like 24 24 hours hours. advance last year so it's like a, a day um i think it's 36 we'll give them credit so that's that's challenging, right? Like, it'd probably be a great help. Why not do it at a set date each year and just say... Or just pre... Like, you don't need to or, do it at a set date each year. Just pre-announce yeah, it. Like, by two months. Like by a couple January of weeks. or something. Or, like, or the longer the better, right? Like, a couple of weeks is good, but it still takes time to make right. arrangements and sort of say... As long as, as long as they announce the actual dates. They don't have to announce when they're selling tickets. As long as they can announce the actual dates. But see, you I think... You can kind of... You can, a lot of the preparation needs to come... A lot of conferences will announce their next year's date on the last day of yeah the, yeah exactly. yeah so you can plan Abs- for it absolutely. Um, I guess that would solve my personal problem of saying giving me as much notice as I can to see if I can organize myself to be able to get there. Right, but it's not going to solve the bigger problem of the fact that like the way that it is is already excluding heaps of people that just like oh I don't have time to respond to that I, mm. I can't drop at a drop of a hat just get myself there. Um, and yet there's heaps more people that want to go than can go. Yeah, so give- there's there's many reasons for for why that why it excludes people, and one of them, and you know, for for Australians is the biggest problem, and and other people from around the world going to this worldwide developers conference is that is you know is the distance and yeah. you know paying for for flights because for flights for example for here so to- we're lucky enough that in Australia has a visa waiver program with the US yes where you don't yeah. need to obtain a visa for travel. Yes. If you did need to obtain travel documents to get to the US, I have no like, idea how is there even time to do that? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, um, I think so. If I you, traveled with someone who did that last year. It's also expensive to through? travel. Like yeah. that, that sort of travel, like traveling all the way there is expensive on top of a $1,600 yeah. ticket. Like it, it's ridiculously expensive. In saying all this, though, I did think it was an improvement. Yes, I was definitely. much less stressed Absolutely. this year. And look, in saying all of this, Dub Dub is awesome. And I so wish I was going. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. As much as we, we're complaining about it, we all want to be there. We, we all do. want to line up. We're on... probably complaining because we're bitter. Yeah. <laughs> do you think? Do you I think? think? <laughs> I think my biggest my biggest problem with this year's this year's announcement was the lack of control um, over over the ticket purchasing. It just feels like it's. I it is already a lottery, felt right? like I had no control previous there years. There was no I, control. I set up I wasn't like even feeling like that. Three alarms to wake me up and and 
Yeah, this was much less stressful, right? You didn't have to worry about like not last year, the year before there was this whole um well, people, last year people would like, like set up well. screen scrapers to ping the developer website yeah, to try that. and detect any changes. They and did this send last out a notification. Well. I had a friend who said hooked one up to a smoke alarm. Yeah. So it would wake so up. Every time I someone I changed the white space on that page, like you'd yeah. be woken up in the middle of the night. You got you you had you had some sort of an alarm set up and you got woken up or something and you were like Oh, but it's like they're just oh, yeah, yeah. tickets. No, no, but it was even worse than that because I woke up because I was already asleep when the alarm went off and yeah. I was like, it worked, yes. <laughs> and then I was like hazily reading the time. I was like doing the calculations in my head because it was in San Francisco time. Yeah. Ah, that's 2 a.m. And so I got up again at 2 a.m. and sat there and like, where's everyone? Why aren't there people on Twitter like discussing? You didn't check the date. Yeah, it was it was the next night. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I had to get up the next night and it was yeah. just, yeah. And it, so and this, year so this process up, was much better of being but, able to just yeah, say I woke up with there a is hell a lack of, of control, but it, it, it's it is uh, it was a lot less stressful than having to be like be up at a specific time in the morning. It's a lot better for people in different time zones than mm. than it has been previously. So I will give them that. It's just it did give me a fright know, though. The, the lack of control is very difficult to grasp with, with when you when when you're used to controlling everything in your yeah. sphere. I, I'm finding it much easier to grasp because I got a golden ticket. <sighs> Yeah, of course you are. Sorry, sorry. I, w- I woke up and thought I'd missed it because I woke up and saw the WWDC 2014 email. And was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't set up my alarms. So, so the question then comes, right? They part of the 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 thing was that you have to. So you you had to register. You had from from the Thursday. It was Thursday night here. I guess Thursday morning there. Thursday through to Monday ish. Um, you had. You had that time to register to be in the lottery. Yes, and then they closed it at nine o- nine a.m. San Francisco time, and then they which sent is the good, which I out. thought was good because you had plenty of time. There was plenty. So, yeah. was to, three or four to days to find out that this was on, yep. find out the dates that it was on, and yep. decide whether you were interested in going. Right, um, and then and then they sent out ticket like they sent out the the emails. So either you. Dear developer, you don't get a ticket, or nah. dear Jake, <laughs> Woo. you get the opportunity to spend sixteen hundred dollars, and then so and so that that that's the case. But then there's also there's another date that that is coming up, which is this Monday, yeah, the which is the date, date that you your yeah, the your date invitation by which, expires exactly by which I've got to either say yes or no. Yeah. So the question is, like, do we are we expecting that there's going to be like a second round? I think some I people no will idea. just get a call. That's what happened last year. Yeah. In yeah. fact, a lot of people got a call last year. I think I met more people who were there who had missed out in the first like in the first, crash. Yeah. And it said, "Oh yeah, but Apple gave me a call, and here I am." Well, see, and, and that's so a, that's, that's something that for. I think is also like I, I think it's something that they didn't necessarily fix in this in this situation because in in kind of a separate. Like it's kind of a separate problem, but it's the same problem at the same time. So last year they had like in previous years they've had like these issues where the servers kind of have to struggle to handle you know all these people at once, and so in that sort of a situation, sometimes tickets get booked up or held or whatever for non-existent purchases. Yeah, and so they end up with leftover tickets that haven't actually been claimed at all, and they're going to have the same thing this time around. There'll be heaps of people in my situation, right. That went, yes, I'd really like to go. I'm going to put my name down. I think I can probably get there. And then sometime prior, about prior to just going, am I going to be able to make it work? Am I, going to I reckon make it work? A, um, a lot of companies would have just made all of their developers sign up and a lot of people 
would have used multiple developer accounts. And maybe there's people who won actually won more than one. So yeah. this could be all sorts of so things. So the only like person that. that I know that signed up with two got a ticket. Damn it. But should have signed up with two. Got a ticket on one of them and didn't and I believe they're going. in fact I know they're going. Um but they didn't get it on their other account. Did they get a rejection email on the other one? Yes. So it did work twice. Interesting. Yeah, it did. One of them was signed up through their workplace. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then so they so they're gonna be going. I have three accounts. I could have gone. I've only got I've only got (laughs) one account. So I I only had that that one opportunity. So and I was nice. I did it once, and I had some thought went through my head. Should I be using a business one or a personal one? Because like business one might have nicer apps attached to it. Like I wonder. I wonder what the algorithm was because it's. uh, I don't believe it was random. I think, I think that it was there was a, a ra- weighted ra- side, like it's got to be weighted somehow. A weighted sure. side, and then a purely random section as well. See, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think they it weighted it somehow. Weighted I don't necessarily random. know how. Mm. One of like, there's many opportunities that you could use for for weighting this sort of stuff, and I believe they actually talked about this on ATP. Um, like you could you could weight it by whether or not you've been before, whether or not you've done you know yep. a, a lot of radars or not, whether or not you've um, you know whether or not you've got an app in the app store maybe they should have a visible metric and a rank that you can work on year round (laughs) it'd be like google page rank and everybody would try to spam the system you try (laughs) except that radars plus five points your rank just went up a thousand they could just ask everyone to form an orderly queue now and allow people into the conferences one at a time so the first 5,000 people in the queue would get in this year. The next 5,000 people would get in the year after that. The next 5,000 people would get in the year after that. Wait, are you announcing this? Because I've got to go sign up right now <laughs> before it crashes. So you'd, get, you'd be guaranteed, if you want to go, you get a chance to go. just depends where you are in the line. It might not be for 10 years. <laughs> but what if I want to go more than once? Is that not fair? Get back in line. Yeah, back in the line. So look, I don't know, I don't know how, ne- how it necessarily all worked. I, I guess this year was probably better than last. I I haven't had the experience of dealing with dub dub tickets previous years, but I'm gonna better. take your I'm gonna take your word on the fact even that it was the, better. Even I missed out, and previously I've been successful, and I yeah, still I, think it I was better. I, I I can't take anything that Jake says. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, can we can, moving <laughs> beyond sitting the over discussion. there on his couch with his golden <laughs> ticket, just kind golden of couch. rubbing it in her face? <laughs> oh gosh, I'm sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, moving on beyond the discussion of tickets and whatnot. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the event, irrespective of whether I attend or not. I'm actually thinking it's going to be an awesome conference, and attending would be awesome. But not attending is still at least not could attending be awesome. is getting better as well. That's videos the, that's are the coming thing. out not almost instantly. And I th- I think that um, you know, yeah. For example, I think the idea of a group of people getting together to watch the videos in kind of shifted real time, uh, in the week of WWDC. Would be a great way to experience it. Are you talking about this uh, this CDWW that people are, have been? No, what is a CDWW? Talk, Twitter. Okay, so CDWW, which is is obviously backwards WWDC. Yes, uh, is I can't remember. You're who watch the videos it. in it reverse chronological Twitter. order. Yeah. Well, I don't know about chronological <laughs> order, but they were suggesting that there would be a, a like a conference. I think they were suggesting Vegas, which. Oh yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard that mention. Yeah. So I, I, I'm thinking on a much smaller scale, right? Like, uh, I'll probably be doing that in my lounge room. Anyone's welcome to attend. Hang on. 
Not everyone. It's not a very big lounge room. We could find a bigger room. <laughs> We're going somewhere. to announce tickets. Must We're going to announce tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it'll be it'll be sent out by lottery. Yeah. <laughs> there'll be heaps of, the, the, the fact that the videos come out in near real time makes things like that possible. You know. Yeah. They did live stream the keynote last year, didn't they? They did, and I, did. I I stayed up for it. Yeah. So you know, we we'll all get to watch the keynote. Irrespective and of whether the videos they're are posted pretty much the, at night, like yeah. after the session, yeah. posted really fast. So potentially you could almost have the same experience as your suggestion of a keynote plus session mm. pass uh, remotely. Uh, a shifted by the keynote would be live, and then all the other sessions would be shifted by one day, uh, and you just would be missing out on the labs yeah. and the, you know, parties and the fun and the networking and. You know, the well, stuff you can go to San Francisco awesome. without a ticket if you want to do that. Yeah, you just miss one the beer bash. Yeah, just to be honest, isn't that great anyway? There's other ones that are better. So, what are you guys going to do? Are you going to go? I haven't decided I'm with not, or without. I'm. I, I well, I have. I have my flights. I. I think. Um, my previous uh, uh, attitude has been that I will go either way because I've got everything kind of lined up for that. Um, I think that changed when a lot of people didn't get tickets. Yeah. And Me too. because I was always lot, like, I'm like going. most people in Canberra didn't get tickets. Yeah. Um, now you, this is and this is something specific that did? to me in Canberra. Yeah. No. I know. I know this guy named Jake. He keeps rubbing it in our face. <laughs> I know lots of people in Australia. Yeah. But yeah, not there in was, Canberra. There's several people in Australia. I, I like to be fair. Like most of the people on my like Twitter timeline and that sort of stuff didn't get tickets. Yeah. Um, and if they did, they didn't really say anything about it. So I don't necessarily know. Um, for me, that that's a big problem i'm i'm a huge introvert and so i have a lot of trouble being around people that i don't know but talking to them through the magic of podcasts it's fine introversion is not a is is not a like one like one general thing there is kind of subtleties subtleties to it um and so, I, like, I have a lot of trouble being around people that I don't know. I just, I was at breakfast this morning with some with some friends of my wife, and I didn't say anything because I didn't know any of them. So I just sat there, just kind of letting them talk. You should have led off with "I don't like eggs," and then conversation would have just exploded. <sighs> we we had that conversation <laughs> because they they brought out my they brought out my breakfast without bacon, but with egg. Oh, that's it's like, like why would you nightmare. take away the worst, the, the best thing? It would give me the worst thing. Because you asked for it the other way around. Didn't you? I asked for it the other way around. Oh, so it's terrible. I got, I got it for free, so I'm not going to complain too much. But, like, so, so my problem, to get kind of back. Hang on, you don't like eggs? No, let's not go into that. <laughs> let's not go into that. So, this, so my previous thought was, well, I'll just go because I'll know people there and it'll be fine. I'll just kind of hang out with people and we'll, you know, go to the parties or you know hang and talk to people and meet people and stuff um that becomes a big of an issue if i don't know anybody that's going to be there because i'm going to be it's going to be a lot more difficult for me to kind of work that out if you're from australia your friends that's just how it works people go like yeah you know other i'm sure that i'll find yeah. people that i know the the trouble is is that the build up in the brain for that and so i i the my current standing is if i don't get a ticket i probably won't be going to dub dub I'll adjust my schedule for other things um what about you ben haven't decided i was always like i'm going and then i didn't get a ticket and i was like screw apple <laughs> i'm not going <laughs> and now i'm still sitting in an in-between like i have no money committed to it all my stuff is fully refundable so yeah haven't so decided i've i my my 
accommodation is refundable and i upgraded my accommodation because i was like yeah screw this i'm gonna <laughs> if i'm not getting a ticket i'm getting a better i'm getting a better bed does well you should have you should have been focused on the in-room theater experience does does your upgraded accommodation have a big screen projector it has a tv uh, like so you could get the videos up and i've there, got i've got wi-fi got popcorn i don't know that the wi-fi is going to be much good but yeah I there's wi-fi it probably isn't. they don't have popcorn at wwdc well i can take if you're watching popcorn. the videos you could like have popcorn sorry i'm trying to talk myself into the fact that i will enjoy it either way uh you, you're stroking your golden ticket and thinking about how you're going to miss it <laughs> yeah look i and i think it, i think it's one of these things that it's it's difficult to know whether or not like it's worth worth going or not especially and there, i've been like, told it by lots of people it's definitely worth it it's, yeah but to be fair like that's not uh, i mean i hear that a lot from people that are based in america not people from base oh, I def- i've heard definitely from people who are based Same. here yeah okay um i don't i don't know and i guess i guess we'll just have to see in, in past years when i've attended the things that i've found incredibly valuable uh the contacts i've made and not in a kind of sleazy, schmoozy business sense, because up until recently, I wasn't a sleazy, schmoozy businessman. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, up until recently, I was an employee. Schmoozy businessman to me. I was an employee of some other organization, right. and it wasn't my job to make you know, contacts. contacts. Yeah. Now that I'm sort of running my own mobile development business. And podcast. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it, it's become more important that I that I meet people. But um, the context, I guess, in terms of that sense of community, that sense of meeting other people who share an interest in this, who uh, spend their time focused on it and getting to know people. Like, so, I, you know, the people I now am in touch with in Australia that do, that do development, I've met lots of them at the conference. And then the other part of it was the opportunity to talk to engineers sort of one-on-one either at the end of sessions where you had questions. Like I had a car, I was doing some stuff with video, obviously, previously, and uh, the HTTP live streaming sessions. I went to that lab yeah. as well. And, well, even no, even in the presentation, the presenter was, you know, one of the people that wrote the spec and being able to go up to them afterwards and say, what does this mean? How is this implemented? You know, even just five minutes, that's hugely valuable. Yeah. So I guess you would miss potentially that one of the face-to-face with the engineers, but you'd certainly still get, the contacts and get to meet people and absolutely and I, I think i think it's it really like i'm still i'm not really decided like i'm not i haven't pulled out that's for sure i'm kind of fingers crossed hoping that there's yeah. a second some sort of second round of tickets where they just hand out like i hand do out think the there's going to be something they probably will and i may get a ticket from that maybe Man, imagine imagine if the golden tickets were transferable i could just start a bidding war that's exactly why they're not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still not, I'm not committed either way. Depending on whether or not, whether or not I go, I, I think it'll come down to whether or not I get a ticket and whether or not I decide to use the flights that I've booked for something else because I can transfer. Yeah, them. that was it's a just, good idea. It's just, um, it's just about like I, I the reason I can't cancel them is because it's expensive to cancel them. Um, but I can move them. So, and I do want to go to America anyway. So I'll probably just move them if I decide not to go. I think it'll probably come down to whether or not I get a ticket in the second round. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, either way, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll you know, I'll definitely be watching the videos and maybe we'll you know catch up on and uh, uh, in regards to dub 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 here in Australia anyway. 
you know, watch them at your house, Jake. I'll make sure I get in on that golden ticket opportunity. Fantastic. <laughs> I think we should get like a little venue with a big screen and popcorn. Do we have enough people here in, in Canberra? I said little that? venue. Like, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, Swipe was at Hoyt's. Let's hire that again. Yeah, that'd be cool. I love the guy cool. that walked around with chalk tops at Swipe. They were discounted as well, four bucks by memory. Sweet. <laughs> So we have other things that we wanted to talk about. We don't really have any time for that. We've talked about Dub Dub and stuff. For it's all that feedback. Yeah, feedback yeah. and stuff. I, I um, had some stuff too, but we'll have to keep it all, save it for next time. We have plenty of other episodes to do that sort of thing on. So guys, guys, if you would like to read about any of the things. Stop. Sorry. My re- Strike that. Reverse oh, it. Wow. Go back. I, I did it wrong. into it. I should. I Just d- cut that. Folk. That's terrible. Folk. I'm not saying the word folk. People. <laughs> I'm not saying people. Use. <laughs> yes, that's totally what I'm going to do. So, use. If any of you would like to read any use. of the things, <laughs> use. Stop it. So, if any of you would like to read any of the things that we've been talking about today, well, you can do that. You can jump onto our website. That is mobilecouch.co forward slash 29. And all of the uh, show notes that we collect, these guys collect and send to me to add. I'll add. They will be on the website, and you can just you can go and read those things. There will be the you know the list of Bluetooth uh, beacons that um, that Jake mentioned earlier. There will be some of the stuff that we talked about as well. And so you can jump on there and read them. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do that as well. You can send us an email on our website as well. Uh, go to mobilecouch.co forward slash contact. We'd love to hear from you. We love reading your emails. We'd love to hear about the things that, what you thought of the dub dub uh, ticket release and all that sort of thing. You can still send us feedback on our code style show if you feel the need to. We'd love to hear from you. So send us an email. You can also talk to us individually. Jake is on Twitter as J McMullen. That's J M A C M U L I N. That's right. Mm. And Ben is Ben Trangrove. That's B E N T R E N G R O V E. That is correct. Good. And I am Jelly Bean Soup. Thank you for listening. We looked forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks. We hope you all got dub dub. Tickets, and if you didn't, then that's sad as well. Transfer them to me. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) We will see you in a couple of weeks. We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.